Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I want to talk about Lisa Smith. And she was tracked down by CNN, surprisingly enough. And uh, I have a little bit of audio here of her. Founded. I think that people should just uh, realise that all the people here are not terrorists. This woman declined to give us her name, but she's been identified by Irish media as Muslim convert Lisa Smith, a former member of the Irish military. She says she came to Syria an ISIS bride. Now she's a widow, left alone with a two-year-old daughter. I want to go home. But you might be prosecuted if you go home. You might end up in jail. Are you ready for that? Well, I know they'd strip me off my passport and stuff, and I wouldn't travel and I'd be watched, kind of. But prisons? I don't know. You know? Well, there you go. She wants to come home. She doesn't believe she's going to go to prison. She believes she's already in prison. Well, the hell she's made. I believe that she's welcome to it, according to most people. But that's not according to Leo Varadkar, who wants to allow her to come home. A repatriator is the word he used. But should the government allow Lisa Smith and her two-year-old child to return to Ireland? Simon Coveney has doubled down on previous statements by Taoiseach Leo Varadkar that the ISIS bride Lisa Smith deserves the opportunity to return home. Lisa Smith, who is an ex-Irish army officer, was reportedly radicalised online before moving to Syria and then marrying an ISIS fighter and having a child who's since died, I believe. Uh, not the child, the father. He was British. She was last month interviewed by CNN, uh, CNN, which you just heard, where she was identified as Irish in one of the local camps. Now, at the time, Lisa Smith told the American News Service that she wanted to go home and that while uh, she is sure she would be on the watch list on her return, she didn't expect to go to prison. Now, she said, I know they'd strip me of my passport and stuff and I wouldn't travel, and I'd be watched, kind of. But prisons, I don't know. I'm already in prison. Now, speaking in Cork today, Tonish to Simon Coven, he said that it would, be a complica- it would be complicated to bring Mrs. Smith home, but that the state had a duty of care to look after her and her young daughter, who is also an Irish citizen. That would confuse a lot of people today, actually, when I mentioned that, because somebody actually mentioned because her, the child's father is British, and when she was born, or he was born outside the country, how does that make the child an Irish citizen? Well, I believe it's because the mother is Irish. Anyway, Simon Coveney states, the government's position is that we consider her case a consular case. Uh, like all consular cases, we want to look after Irish people and bring them home if they want to come home. There is a meeting between the Department, uh, the Department of Defence and the Department of Justice uh, to coordinate a government response in relation to how we can assist her to come home. Of course, there is heightened concern because there is a two-year-old girl involved in all this as well. And he went on to say, this is a particularly unusual case as it involves a young child and a mother, both of whom are Irish citizens in a war zone, in a camp that was linked to some partners and children of ISIS fighters, controlled by largely Kurds. And so it is more complicated than most consular cases uh, would be, to put it mildly. But we do uh, have a responsibility here as a state. Now, it's understood that Mrs. Smith and her two-year-old child are currently in the Al-Hal refugee camp, which is administered by the STF. And the camp holds about 30,000 refugees from ISIS and the Syrian civil war. And according to media reports, it's desperately short of resources. Uh, Mrs. Smith and her child are being held in a sub-camp about 500, with about 500 other wives of ISIS fighters. And uh, this secure area was set up by camp authorities following violence between ISIS supporters and other refugees. Because the problem is, like Shamima Bagoom, you know, uh, she has more or less indicated, like all of these ISIS brides, that the war is not over. The caliphate hasn't finished. ISIS will return. And, in other words, they're brainwashed, completely and utterly brainwashed. So I want to know tonight if you believe or do you agree with the government's action to allow her to return to Ireland with her two-year-old child. Now, joining me on the line to discuss this is security analyst Declan Power. But for, uh, Declan is on the phone to us. Please let me know by text or WhatsApp, do you believe the Irish government has a duty and a duty of care or responsibility to bring this woman back to Ireland? The number is 087-188-0008. Declan, good afternoon or good evening to you, should I say. Good evening, Niall. How are you? Declan, I, I think I kind of summed everything up there, but Leo Varadkar has kind of, he has insisted that because she wasn't a combatant, he doesn't believe that she poses a risk or should even go to jail, possibly. Well, I think there's a number of strands to this, Niall, and it, it, it can be confusing for people. As you said, you know, even summing it up, there's a lot of different levels and layers to it. Um, in as much as what we do know, you know, uh, that is what has emerged about this. It doesn't appear that she was a combatant uh, or involved directly in any 
IS-led operations. <clears throat> However, by her own admission in a number of media interviews, she chose to make, to, with considerable effort, to uh, go to the caliphate, as it were, uh, like a lot of other people who believed it was uh, people of Islamic origin who believed it was their duty, um, of uh, people who had a particular mindset about a, a mm-hmm. Wahhabist or Salafist Islam. Peter, people would be radicalised, yes. Precisely. So, uh, so that in itself means she was, you know, certainly going to aid and abet uh, a UN deemed terrorist organisation. So, uh, I would I would argue that there's a case to be made. You know, to, how do you prove? How do you prove? Like he has said that if the Syrian authorities uh, and the SDF want to interrogate her, and if any charges should be brought, they should be brought against her over there. But as far as over here, it would be difficult. Now I know under the um, uh, what's it, the uh, protection of the state act or whatever it is, offence against the state act. Against the state yeah, act. I, yeah, I don't think a member of ISIS comes into that. So we would have to have a ministerial decision to change the law to insert that into it if we wanted to do something serious about this. But she. she well, so, well, well, we, what would we put her in jail for? But, but, well, I'm not a lawyer, but um, mm. the offence against the state act, one of the things that is uh, an element that it hinges on, if uh, if the government proscribe an organisation, as they did with the, the, the IRA, the INLA, and various other terrorist, homegrown terrorist organisations, mm-hmm. uh, that that's the issue. So if the government, so the government normally, it's been a bit of a loophole that we haven't uh, fully closed. Well, it, could, it could be they added by ministerial order, couldn't it? It could be, it could be, exactly. And, uh, you know, the justification could be that it is, uh, that w- are we, we create a, 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 an addendum in legislation that uh, any UN deemed, gr- uh, groupings deemed to be terrorist automatically get proscribed in this mm. jurisdiction, which is probably something that should have been done a long time ago, because this raised its head a while back when uh, members of the Guard of Security and Intelligence Section were monitoring individuals connected to Khaled, Khaled Kelly and other such individuals. Uh, yeah. And variations. And the issue was, could they be arrested? Uh, and at the time, the fact that they were uh, that there was a case that could be proven about their links to whether it was Al-Qaeda or whatever other grouping, this was before Islamic State, but these were not prescribed bodies. Uh, you know, within the Irish state. So coming back to the, the key point here, I think, you know, we should be looking at uh, what, what is it that she uh, could be charged with. Maybe, maybe it might come to pass that she, legally speaking, there is a, a grey area, but then it puts it up to the state to, to fill in that gap for, uh, for further down the road. I now, I, I know, you know, technically we're not allowed to leave her stateless because that's against the EU regulations, right? Mm-hmm. But but in saying that, you know, the British are willing to do it in relation to Shamima Bagum. Um, they haven't done a U-turn in their decision so far, the Home Secretary over so, there. Well, there is a difference, Niall, in that, and we, uh, Shamima Bagum was not born, to the best of my knowledge, in the UK. She was, and, and in our case, in our uh, state, somebody who's naturalised, who receives citizenship, uh, uh, as somebody who wasn't born, can we treat it differently? Jurisdiction, yes, exactly, and uh, that would be the case. But I'm not in favour of, of going down that route, even if uh, if um, if that was the case, you know, or to, to pursue that angle, because I think you know, there's an old saying: hard cases make bad law. And where would it end? I'd be mu- I'd be much more in favour of seeing us uh, mend or create legislation. Well, well, I know the SDF have said, and and the spokesperson for the Al Haul refugee camp have said that these individuals are basically not our problem, and they basically said, "I wish," more or less, saying that I wish you know the respective countries would take their people back because of obviously you know look they're they're in a serious situation over there with thirty thousand refugees and already desperately short of resources. They could do it offloading a few people, and she would do with them. Absolutely, and 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 on that note. uh, I would be, if I was within the government uh, at the moment, I would be looking very, uh, with great curiosity, and uh, maybe even open lines of communication with partner states. Uh, the UK, um, I'd be interested to know what, uh, it seems that they've nailed their colours to the master, that they they don't want anybody back that is currently in custody there, that is deemed to have been a member or connected to us. Could, I mean, this sound, might sound silly and very ignorant of me, but could, could it be suggested that uh, what she has done, because she was a member of the Irish Defence Forces, in particular, this particular woman, um, could she be a traitor? Yeah, I don't think so. I was asked that question um, earlier today. For a start... I mean, is there there still legislation around being a traitor? I'm I'm curious to know anyway. Well, well, there is. There's there's legislation, as far as I'm aware, around uh, acts of treason. Mm. And certainly carrying out certain certain acts 
and not just it's not limited to members of the defence forces. Uh, well, I would imagine that would make it more of a problem if, if you know what I mean, because obviously yes. she signed up to fight for her own country. Yes, but she was no longer a member of the defence forces when she she went out. Uh, you see, the, the problem here. But are you not always? Are you not always a member of the defence forces? I, well, I remember. No. I remember years ago, I joined the FCA stupidly when I was sixteen years of age, and I remember being told that you can never really get out of it. Although your contract was only for two years, and you could sign yourself out or whatever it is, that if ever there was a war, you could be called upon. In other words, that you're always a member as such. Well, to be clear about this, uh, there's, there's, there's myths and legends, and the legality is if you serve your contract to the defence forces at whatever rank you are, and you, there are some uh, there are some roles that may require you to go onto the reserve list for a period after that, and then at a certain period you can be uh, finished with that too. There's a certain amount of choice with that, but there are a lot of people who have served in the defence forces, completed the, their allotted time, whatever it was, five years or 25 years, depending on the length of service. And there is no, the state does not have any claim. Over. They, they can't be just reactivated at the state's will. Or conscripted whenever we feel like it. No. Well, there'd have to be legislation brought in for that. I mean, most former members, if the, if the state requested them to return to service in the period of emergency, would do so, uh, just like they did at the start of the Troubles in the North. But to come back to your point, because I think it's an interesting the question, the question you're, you're posing, is... You see, there's a grey area. I mean, even if there is there is legislation to do with treason, regardless, I, I think it's a bit of a red herring in many respects. Mm-hmm. I don't say that lightly. The fact she was a member of the defence force, she, you know, her most of her time was spent working as a flight attendant into the government jet. She was a hospitality specialist, mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, you know being a member of the Ranger Wing or. or uh, d- uh, military intelligence or, or something of a very sensitive nature. She wouldn't have But she still would have sensitive information, wouldn't she? Because she would have been on the government jet. I'm assuming the government jet doesn't take the same route all the time for obvious security reasons. She would know the routes that it took. She would have been familiar with well, maybe she, hearsay. She would, and colloquial, she would have colloquial information. She would have, she would have had absolutely no responsibilities mm-hmm. uh, or duties regarding route planning or the security or the operational aspect of the aircraft other than the hospitality and the immediate safety of uh, dignitaries flying on the jet, just like an air mm. hostess in any other airline. And, yeah, she would have had whatever knowledge uh, of the operations and comings and goings of the, of the aircraft at that time. But she was out of that job for a while. She had moved into a, a, a military transport unit before she left the Defence Force. Mm. So the, the point I'm getting at here, it, it's, she would have had, from a defence point of view, she would have had limited, uh, I would argue, usage to the to Islamic State, and I don't think I, I can't say for definite, but I doubt very much, based on their culture as well, they're very anti-women Islamic State, mm-hmm. that she would have had any role. But I do, but I'm not trying to lessen the fact that she went of her own volition to give aid and comfort. I mean, see, the argument is for a lot of people, if I throw a poll out now and say how many people would like to see her come home, I'm pretty sure 98% of people are going to say no, right? Because people have, there's a sense of fear around ISIS and around terrorism and everything else. I think there's more than fear. I think there's a sense of shame and I think there's a sense of extreme anger that one of our own, who was born and reared here with all of the benefits that this state confers on people, bad, bad and all his things have been during the period of recession. We know what we have in Ireland and we value it. And for somebody to not just to turn their back on that, but to go and actively support a state, an entity, let's call it, uh, that is the complete opposite. Uh, it stands for the complete opposite. Well, well I mean, it's brainwashing, Declan. You know, I mean, we, we heard Shamima, we got more from Shamima Begum than we did from this particular individual as as far as interviews are concerned with Sky News. I, I, well, I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, I, this I, I, woman talking about seeing heads in, in bins and all sorts of, I mean, what sort of person, you know, thinks that that's acceptable behaviour? But of course, if you're brainwashed and radicalised, you think that's acceptable behaviour. Well, I, yes, I agree with you. And I think if you look at the track record of individuals, be they Islamic extremists, or so-called white supremacists, or, mm-hmm. or you know any any terrorist extremist, you will find amongst their foot soldier ranks in particular people who have a mixture of personal self-esteem issues, uh, mental health problems, and they're looking to belong to some sort of an entity or organisation that makes life simple, that gives them instructions on how to live and behave, and they think this is their their way to uh, their ticket to live a good and valuable life. But if, if they were regretful, now, as I said, we haven't heard too much from Lisa Smith apart from that bit of audio we got from CNN a little bit last week as well from some, I think it was the BBC. But Sky gave a, a good interview with Shamima and if that's anything to go by, there's a lack of remorse, a lack of regret, 
Um, it's very haphazard in the way they're thinking. They believe the caliphate isn't finished. They believe ISIS will return. You know, they're liable to go back again at any stage. They're liable to, you know, to be involved in, I don't know, the cells over here of radicalised uh, uh, Muslims in this country. They're liable to be involved there as well. They're also liable to radicalise other people. I mean, is it not just a security threat in general to have somebody with that kind of mindset in the general public? Well, it's a bit like when people talk about Shannon Airport being a major threat. It's such an obvious target. Uh, I've always argued it doesn't make it a threat. She's such an obvious she's an individual. Uh, and anyway, the, the, her backstory was she was very much self-radicalized. She wasn't uh, uh, the, the, the assessments that have been ran on her, as, as, as I understand them, by both uh, Gardaí and the Defence Forces back in the day, uh, didn't show her to be connected to any kind of network. How, did, is, you, how did she radicalise? Through YouTube and what have you probably, yeah, was it? Yeah, a mixture of things. You see, again, there's a, there's a thing called, a concept called the staircase to terrorism. Uh, an Iranian uh, psychologist who studies matters who worked for Georgetown University coined the idea that uh, people take steps along the way. Not everybody who takes these steps gets to the top of the staircase and becomes a terrorist. Uh, but it starts off with a strong sense of victimization, isolation, dislocation from society. She, she ticks all those boxes. Apparently, she had a, a failed relationship. Uh, she was, I would She was involved uh, in drugs, yes, at one stage. She was, she was a, let's just say, a fragile uh, mental state. And this was something that came at her. And uh, one or two people that I know who would have encountered her in her latter periods in the Defence Forces uh, considered her to be uh, in a very erratic and, uh, there's a lot of erratic know, people in fragile state. mental states who don't end up joining ISIS or I any agree. such organisations. I, I, I agree, Niall. And that's why, that's why I would be fascinated to know what were the steps she took. So coming back to your point, if she was to come back to this country, I think that she should be, come back in custody. Uh, from the point of view, even if it was from a national security point of view, so that she has to be debriefed, interrogated, a complete understanding has to be uh, arrived at as to how she got to where she got to. And if there uh, need to be charges brought against her, they should be. And I, I think it would be no bad thing uh, for her if she did have to spend a period in custody because it would give the state and herself, it would give her a, a period of time to be to be completely de-radicalised. I mean, and she's, not, she's not the only one either, Declan. The, the, there's estimated to be about six or seven Irish individuals. She's just the first. Well, we, we know of another male as well. But yeah, the, He hasn't actually sought any counsellor assistance. No, mm. Nor has she for that. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, by the way. So, but, no, it's, he's uh, Belarusian, I think. That's I right, yeah. yeah. But, but, I mean, there's, there's, they, they believe about six or seven anyway. So, I mean, obviously, if Lisa's coming home, the rest of them are. But the government seems to have a, a huge interest in her. Would do you think she might have information that the Irish government would find useful? Is that but the case that they seem to be very interested in her? Well, I don't think. I think it's more for political reasons that they can't be seen to abandon somebody who is an Irish citizen, who is an Irish-born citizen. Uh, I would be surprised if there were others that fit the category of this lady. Uh, maybe I'd maybe be proved wrong, but I would doubt it. So what I'm getting at here is that if the others are not Irish-born citizens, uh, and if they have a track record that's very solid of terrorist activities, what mm-hmm. the Irish state... You mean naturalised, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And this, the Irish state can quite uh, legally and legitimately strip them of their citizenship, if that's the case. And okay, no so the, the complication Irish. here is the fact that she was born in this country and carries an Irish passport. Yes, there's an additional complication, and I think this That's is the, the, one that we well, the baby, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, and I think we have to deal with this uh, uh, from a compassionate and humanitarian point of view, as well as a practical and security point of view. So I think that's where the government are coming from on this. That now we also have. To do we know, by the way? But do we know if the baby is an Irish citizen? Because there's an assumption that the baby is, but I mean, well, there's, it, there's a possibility it, the baby's you, a British you, citizen. You call it well. I think it depends on on uh, which. Uh, citizenship, it, it can choose both because uh, its mm. mother was Irish and its father was British, as far as the mother. You called it your And it was born in Syria. Yeah. She was, yeah, but if she was born of an Irish citizen, uh, she's entitled to. If she's not deemed an Irish citizen at this point, she is certainly entitled to be, uh, as I would understand it. Mm. And I think that's, that, that's the real issue here. Now, you asked another question there that is important. Is she a security threat? And I think that's your listeners are, are probably, uh, you know, that's the thing that they would, would be of major concern. And it, that, that has to be established yet by the government. Uh, and that would uh, be something that would take a little bit of time. Um, if she isn't, uh, she may still have to stand 
uh, trial if there are charges that can be brought against her. And there would be a period I would I would consider a sanitisation uh, that would have to take place to some extent. But she, well, she's not going to stand trial in a Kurdish camp because the suggestion is that the Kurds, well, according to Leo Varadkar, that they would interrogate her and indeed if no, she's I any think, charges, think, that's not going to happen. I think Leo Varadkar would breathe a huge sigh of relief as with the Tanish and as with everybody else in government associated with this if the Kurds or anybody else claimed that they wanted to try her for whatever crimes because then it would take the problem out of their hands. Mm-hmm. The real issue here now is if the Kurds say, yes, please take her, what's going to happen? Are we going to send the government jet, the very jet that she worked on, be sent over to bring her home? Now, that, that, would, be, that would be embarrassing. It would be distasteful. Uh, it might be a necessity, especially if there's a child involved. But what I would be really curious to see is what do our other European partners plan to do about their citizens? What the French, I would say, have a few citizens. Well, Donald there. Trump has more or less said they can stay there and rot. Although initially at the start, he said every country has its own responsibility to deal with his own citizens and put them in jail if necessary. And then when he found out there was a couple of Americans involved, he said they can stay there and rot. So, but, I mean... But, but the, that would be... Like, the thing is, American citizens have very... There are very specific rights conferred on, on, on the status of American citizenship. And we, it's not the first time we've heard that Donald make sweeping statements. It could well be the case that you would have people coming out of that camp if there's U.S. citizenship coming back to the States. But I guarantee you, the States probably have legislation that can be swung into play that they will be uh, facing charges. They wouldn't just arrive back into the state, States and be able I to I think they'll find themselves in Guantanamo Bay very quickly. But uh, in fairness, I, I don't think you're going to see whatever means I would I could see a situation arise where some other European countries are bringing back uh, citizens uh, and she would be brought back to wherever and then uh, a flight would be laid on with Garda uh, uh, with Garda escort to bring her back to well, either, either way, Declan, and, and look, you know, you're, you're talking to us very logically about the whole thing tonight, and I understand as a security analyst, you know, you look at the finer details and, and what is the security threat. But I suppose sure. for the majority of people in this country, they look at Leo Varadkar as the leader of this country, the Taoiseach of this country, and they say they feel that he just doesn't have the balls to say no. And that's what the, I'm looking at some of the texts uh, coming in here. I could read them out to you, but I'm pretty sure she has blood in her hands. So somebody in her person says, leave her there. She made her bed, let her lie in it. Another person says, no, she made a decision as an adult to go there. She should stay there. Uh, she'll only end up going back again uh, once the, uh, if a caliphate kicks off again. Another person says, uh, ISIS will return according to her, so let her stay there. I, I am not seeing anybody suggesting that we should have any duty of care, as the government has said. So, well, look, I, do, I can completely understand that. I mean, I, I'm as, uh, you know, uh, have as much emotional reaction to it as the next mm-hmm. man. I'm ashamed of the fact that you know this woman would have worn the same uniform as myself and, and other comrades. But we have to be we have to be balanced and realistic about this. Uh, it's we don't have the, the luxury to be indulgent about it. There there is a broader aspect to this. I would argue as well that you know this whole war with uh, Islamic fundamentalism. You know it's you know and remember that kind of um, fundamentalism has accounted for probably more Muslim deaths than Western deaths. But it's a war of ideas. Uh, it's, a, it's about a war of, of whose way of life is better. And by doing the right thing, and when I say the right thing, I'm not saying bring her back and just you know, let her uh, go about her life as if nothing had happened. I think she should come back and face justice here. And we should see, be well, you're effort. saying that, Declan, but I, I, don't, I can't see that happening because you know as well as I do, there's many funded organisations in this country who will be uh, banging down doors looking for human rights for her as soon as she arrives in the country. And I can guarantee you the handcuffs will be taken off at Dublin Airport. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, we can have people's human rights can be observed. They can still uh, be brought to book and brought before the the courts. And what listeners should remember is that we we live in a democracy. They have public representatives. They should make their feelings known. I mean, it could be the but case. If they make their feelings known, well, I was going to say they'd be accused of being racist. Mom, mind you, she is Irish. Anyway. No, I, <laughs> so no, really... I, I mean, people's annoyance. It doesn't have to uh, start, you know. Uh, end one end of the spectrum is leave a rot in the camp. The other end of the spectrum, and I'm, I'm not saying that we should necessarily be making a special effort to bring her back, but mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is, legally speaking, if and when she gets out of that camp, and by whatever means, of her own steam, if she turns up on Irish soil, it look, you know, legally speaking, she would have to be allowed in. But the question is, what happens then? And I'm saying, if we actually take steps now to address the issue, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I know that the excuse has been made, it's very hard to gather evidence about what she was doing. But by her own admission, she went and she got involved with this organization and it is deemed a terrorist organization. If we were to uh, prescribe it, you know, as you say, issue a ministerial order 
listing IS as a prescribed organisation, could she be brought before the court and charged? I don't know. I'm not a legal expert. But uh, we, the state should be making some sort of effort in that direction. And I think it would counterbalance people's you know, natural. Well, I mean, I, I think I, I think it, it, what would control people's anger would be showing some sort of leadership in relation to it, and that would be a good step—a ministerial order. In other words, showing the people, look, we are making an effort; we are going to do this properly. She's not just yeah. going to walk back in here and you know and wander around the streets of Dublin smiling at everybody. Look, I'm a- back. Absolutely, and you know, and to take it a step further, it, leadership also is about acknowledging the feelings of the citizenry and saying yes. I understand that people are angry and fuming, seething that an Irish person, an Irish-born person could do something like this. I think that wouldn't be such a bad thing to acknowledge either. We don't have to uh, start stoning people. You know, we don't have to uh, try and outdo the caliphate with their own work. But uh, it would be no harm if public representatives acknowledged the natural anger of people. And I think that would help it, uh, it would help channel it in, the right, in a sensible direction. All right, well, listen, thank you very much. Very interesting conversation. Declan Paris, thank security you, analyst. Good thank you very you. much indeed. All right. Uh, well, I want to get to your opinion as well. Uh, obviously, Declan believes that we have to take a motion out of this. We have to be logical about it. Um, we can't leave her stateless. According to the government, we have a duty of care and every effort is going to be made. Simon Coveley says the government's position is that we consider her case a consular case. Like all consular cases, we want to look after our Irish people and bring them home if they want to come home. And there's a meeting between his department, the Department of Defence and the Department of Justice to coordinate a government response in relation to how they can assist her to come home. And I want to know, are they right? Are you happy? I'm I'm going to put it and load the question slightly here, but um, I'm sure there are some people. Are you happy that your taxpayers' money is is funding an effort by the Department of Defence, Department of Justice and the government, all government departments, to go there and retrieve this woman, and as Leo Varadkar said, repatriate her in Ireland. Are you happy? This is a woman who decided of her own volition to join ISIS. Well, to say when I say join ISIS, to marry an ISIS fighter, move to Syria, and be part of the caliphate. Jude, you're on Classic Hits. I know. Or is it Jewid? <laughs> no, no, no. Keep you know my name is Jude. I'm joking. Uh, Jude, do you believe uh, she should be allowed to come home and kind of more or less we should be sending out the troops to get her? Well, I don't give a damn what way she, she's perceived or what way she's got back home, but I think she should be brought home because it's, she's an Irish citizen. And I think, now I'm not Irish myself, but I think every nation has a right towards or responsibility towards its citizens. And she is Irish, so Ireland has a right to bring her home. Did she abandon her citizenship in some sense? And I know I spoke to Declan Bear briefly about treason. Um, but did she abandon her citizen by basically supporting or joining, if that's the word you want to use, the most dangerous organisation in the world, in another country? Well, there's no proof that she did. And, like, well, she, did, well, she did support them. There is proof yeah, of that. That's it, but that's not illegal. Now, I'm no ISIS supporter. I'm no sympathiser for them at all. I've no time for it. But I'm just saying that for her, in her personal situation or whatever, that um, the government do have a responsibility. And I noticed a few times, and you actually said quite rightly, what do they charge you? Where's the proof? You have th- these people are still texting you in after you said that. Oh, leave a rot on that. These people are so vapid that they're bottom feeders that they haven't thought properly about the law. But they, yeah, but they're, they're, no, but they're no thinking, proof. but they're thinking from emotion. Yeah, emotion. Yeah, but, but because emotion, nobody, yeah. nobody wants to live in a country where there's radicalized individuals, and I'm not suggesting she would do it, yeah, but, but, radicalized but other radicalized individuals running around, you know, throwing bombs all over the place. Nobody wants to live in a country like that. No, but there's radicalized people already over. Absolutely, here, but, and if we could get so them out, sure, wouldn't it be great? Yeah, but she's most of them pretty Irish citizens. But what I'm saying is, people are saying, yeah, oh, you can change law. Laws can't be retrospective. You can't make a law to say what she did or supposedly did was illegal and then charge her because laws can't well, you, be well, you can. you, well, you can. We, we do have the Offences Against the State Act, which at the moment covers anybody with an illegal membership to a legal organisation in, in the Ireland of Ireland, right, which includes the IRA. Um, for example, in if you the Ireland of Ireland, that's yeah, right. absolutely. But, outside. Okay, so but, but, no yeah, but hang on. Yeah, but we can change that law tomorrow. We could easily put a ministerial order in there to change that law tomorrow and if she, as soon as she arrives home she could be brought straight up to the Special Criminal Court and straight into jail. Well, I thought laws can't be retrospective. You can't just make a law retrospective. But apart from that, even if that went through, that's great, brilliant. The gathering of proof, you need, a court needs proof to prosecute. Where's this, where's all this proof at the moment? Well, we don't have any apart from the fact that she, by her own admission, she was married to an ISIS fighter. Yes, but like even that, that would, that's, that's not enough to bring anyone to court. 
Well, it's enough, for, it's enough, for, pe- it's enough for Irish people to turn around and say that we don't yeah, believe she belongs in our society. Yeah, but enough, but that isn't legal. The Irish people are saying that or whatever, but most of the Irish people who are saying that aren't legally qualified. No, I'm not legally qualified myself. No, and nor am I. Yeah, and I never proposed to be. I never professed to be. But what all I'm saying is, where's this proof? I want to know where the proof is now. How is the proof, proof going to so be? So the, the only proof that you would accept is her with a picture of her with a gun in her hand? Yeah, well, it wouldn't accord to that. Like, just because hearsay. Well, yeah, not, but that's not probably going to happen, you know. Because, no, you, know. you have to have physical proof. You have to have proof to go into a court, any court. Well, okay, well, 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 stay there for a second, because Francis, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Francis? How you doing, Niall? Uh, Jude says, well, I suppose, and rightly so in some sense, but Leo Radke said, you know, there's no evidence that she was a combatant or she was involved in fighting, but she was supporting ISIS. She was, yeah, she Went over, and like it's not an easy journey, the one she made over. So she was well aware of of her actions. She's not some stupid, you naive know, teenager, dizzy, yes. Yeah, dizzy female, you know. I just wonder if, if she was a male <laughs> and had served in the Irish Army, would, be, would the same stance be taken as what the government here has taken on her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I don't think it would be as clear cut, and I don't think the sympathy that she's been shown now by the government would be there, you know. And you know, do you, do you think, think the fact that she was in the Irish Defence Forces is some reflection on the way the government are talking about this? I do. To I, I think it's because it's a bit embarrassing for the Irish government when CNN are announcing that she was a member of the Irish Defence Forces. It's a bit embarrassing for the Irish government, really, isn't it? It is indeed, and I was just listening to an interview earlier, and I just, you know, um, one commentator was saying, well, you know, she would hold a lot of information um, by the time she was debriefed and that um, the Irish government could gather a lot of information of who who may have been under the radar that's over there as well. But, I mean, what good is that when, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're letting them back. You know they're coming back in without any consequences. I mean, this is a terrorist. This is an international terrorist organisation, and you know to just let them say, "Oh well, we've no proof." And you know, if you were deemed to have membership of the IRA, you would just automatically be charged and jailed. What? Why are they not bringing that in for ISIS? Which is well, they can. They can bring it in. Yeah, but there, there doesn't seem to be a will to do it. From the government. I mean, uh, just just from membership of an organisation, if that's what you want to call it, rather than actually acting for the Mm organisation. Do you believe that's enough to go to jail for? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Jude, well, there you go. I'm sorry, Jude. Uh, France clearly said just being being membership or a supporter of that organisation, as you would say, is enough to put somebody in jail, should be enough to put somebody in jail. Yeah, well, if that's the law, I have no problem with that. But what I'm saying is, there's, the law is there stands that she wasn't a member of an illegal organisation as far as this country, the legal system of this country or our jurisdiction was involved in. She did nothing illegal. In, in Irish jurisdiction. Because we don't have any jurisdiction abroad. Well, well, you have to, as I said, we could change that law. That could be done overnight. Yes, that can be done overnight. Great, but where's the, still the proof to get her in court? What do you say, what do you say when you talk about proof? What, do you, what, well, what the, proof do you need? She's already admitted that she uh, was married to an ISIS fighter. She's already admitted that she was radical. Well, she's used the word radicalized. She already admitted she went over uh, to Syria to be part of the caliphate. She already admitted all of that. Yeah, but uh, but, uh, those things all, yeah, but those things that she did weren't illegal. What I'm saying now is like it seems very. It seems a bit pointless. What is she going to be brought to court for? For supporting ISIS. What else would you bring her to court for? Well, say if she was a crime. What crime well, well, that's, well, that, that's what I'm saying. Or? I mean, if we if we have a ministerial order, just like being a member of the IRA or a supporter of the IRA, it's also a crime. It's a member of an illegal organisation. Yes, but, um, and when she goes to court, the charges are just being membership of that organisation, yeah? That's enough, yeah. That's enough, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have no problem with that, but I just find it very hard that the legal system over here would work that fast or change that quickly, and I'm sure she would have a good brief to to counteract any um, claims that she was involved in any criminal activity. I mean, Francis, does it make you uncomfortable that the Irish government seems to be going to so much trouble to bring this one woman home? Well, I think it's because that she was in such a position within um, the military, you know, that she had access to um, probably people that, you know, and and God knows what um, 
what she knows or what she doesn't know. You don't know what what she has, what information she's given them. And Ireland here, we have no protection against anything. I don't. You know, if, I don't think we're a target. I maybe I'm wrong. We're on a target list. We're, we we, we were many name. many years ago. Yeah. Al Qaeda had us actually on a target list at one stage. But there's nothing to say. Like, we know that there are um, dubious people already within the country. We know that from documentaries and from investigations that have happened, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we can't be complacent about it. There's no point just because it hasn't happened now isn't to say that it won't happen or couldn't happen. Well, let let me ask you a question, Francis. You're Leo Varadkar. I know you're not, thankfully. But you're Leo Varadkar. What would you do? Well, I would. That's. I would look at it from. Um, she is. Um, I would think she's. She's a danger to the country. So I think that um, membership in itself should be an offence. And I think the EU or any other country, they're going to have to come together at some stage uh, because this is going to become a problem. And I think they're going to have to come together and they're going to have to decide what's going to happen. You know. Whether they well, there's only two choices: you leave them there, or you bring them home. You can't really ship, well, you ship them off to an island to somewhere. You can't leave them there. You have to bring them yeah. home. Yeah. You can't leave them stateless. But there has to be consequences for what they're doing. This you, this isn't like meeting somebody um, from England and going and marrying them and living over there. This is a different situation. This is going and out of your way to be part of an organisation yes, which you know are ruthless. Like, yes, she she's not naive in thinking that going over to Syria. She's going to have a happy life over there. We all know what was going on over there. You don't. It's not a place you make your way to to find a husband. Do you know what I mean? Okay, well, well do me a favor. Stay there for a second. Stay there, please, Jude, as well. Let me go to Tom. Tom, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Tom? Nile, good evening, everyone. How are we? Good, Tom. I mean, you've heard what Leo Varadkar said and Simon Coveney. Every steps are being, all steps are being taken and government departments are all mingling together and having meetings. Yeah, I, I try not to listen to these two, what I'd call contrite muppets anyway. I try not to anyway. And soon enough, hopefully, please God, they'll be gone out of the, out of the equation. Getting back to the main point, in fact, this, the person involved in all this made their way willingly and voluntary their way to Syria, supported an organisation, I might add, that you haven't addressed that, raped, tortured, beheaded, not just uh, attacks on mainland Europe and all, but also Syrian and Iraqi people. So you're dealing with an organisation. As far as I'm concerned, yes, she may not have, what you call it, taken any active part in it, but she went there, she supported an organisation. So as far as I'm concerned, unlike Jude, I am not a bottom feeder, in one of your earlier statements. Let's be correct, she is guilty of association. And as such, she does pose a threat to this country. So So what? Leave her there. Leave her there. But you, you have to also look at the point of view, and I did see an interview uh, for the spokesperson of the, uh, this particular camp, the Al Hal refugee camp, uh, after that on CNN, after they interviewed Lisa. And they're more or less saying, well, you know, we can't be responsible for everybody as well. These, why, why won't the respective countries take their own citizens back? Let's Bashar al-Assad's forces be responsible for them. I'm sure he'll be quick enough to dispense justice. Well, I don't know where they're going to put them all. They wish, uh, as it is, you know, they're desperately short of resources. They've 30,000 no, refugees are, no, there. Are, but, no, I look, at the end of the day, this is a person, as far as I'm concerned, as, as far as I'm concerned uh, has more or less revoked their own citizenship and has thrown it back in its face when they went and... Keep in mind what this organisation has done, like. You know, there's been loads, there's hundreds of examples, both in Europe and England, you know, and... Thankfully, nothing has happened here. Well, 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 sorry, Jude, you were the one who was saying that anybody who says she should be left there is a bottom feeder. No, I didn't say that. I said anyone who said it without thinking through about the legal ramifications, obviously that gentleman has. But what I'm saying, there's loads of people who text you with you after you've said that about the proof and they still kept on going, oh, leave it there. She made her bed on it. I wouldn't say too many of them. Have, I wouldn't even say the legal ramifications even came into their minds as they were texting you. Well, I don't think Tom, I mean, with the greatest respect to Tom, I'm sure he does know the legal ramifications, but I don't think that is coming into his thinking. I think what he's just saying is she's a risk to this country. We don't want her back. But he also said, though, she was guilty. She's not being guilty of anything. Jude, let's be clear in what I said. Guilty of association. 
Yeah, but she hasn't been found guilty of anything. She's not guilty of anything. She hasn't been tried or found guilty, so she's not guilty of anything. Hold on. Okay, let's deal with facts, okay? And she went over there. She married an ISIS fighter. She joined the caliphate, so by doing so, she met her way there. Whether she was radicalized or not, at some point she made a conscious decision to board a plane to go to, I don't know how she got into Syria or whatever, okay? Most of them go through Turkey and then across into Iraq and then into Syria. Yeah, still wasn't illegal to travel abroad. I'm not saying it was illegal to travel abroad. It's, I would view, well, and I would hope there would be some legality about this, about travelling to support an international terrorist organisation. No, now, even I don't know. Hunter said there was nothing legal about it. Or, and even Stephen Coveney said there was nothing illegal about you by travelling abroad. They said that outright. Yeah, oh, look, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's wrong, but look, if a person makes a decision, right, let's, let's hop in a play, let's go over here, let's join these boys... And everything's going hunky-dory and there's mass murder going on. I'm not saying that person was involved in it, which has, which has been like racket. I was watching a documentary there. In, there's some sort of like a village square there. It was an execution square they were calling it or something like that. That was going on on a daily basis if you didn't conform to what the ISIS believes. As far as I'm concerned, and personally speaking, she bought into all that ideology. And as far as I'm concerned, she poses a threat to every citizen in this country. And it's... Plain and simple, the only person that should be coming back is is the child. For the simple reason is, you can't blame, you can't put the sins of the father on the child. That's not right. The child is at risk. As for her, I'm sorry, she can stay there and rot, as far as I'm concerned. The onus on the government is to protect that child. Not on her. She made the decision. She has put that child in harm's way by doing what she has done. Now, we can dress it up whatever way we want, and we can say she's an Irish citizen, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Citizenship, the government have a responsibility. But also being a citizen, you have your own responsibilities too. And she hasn't lived up to that as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's a fair point, Jude, isn't it? You do have a responsibility as a citizen to be part of society and the moral of fabric of society. Of I'm not arguing with that. But what I'm saying, I, I'm not disagreeing with anything. You're, you no, you're just being black well, and white about it. You're being no, very black no, and white. No, but what I'm saying is, the black and white I'm talking about is the proof that to get her, what, is her, what do you think, what core proof do they have to go into court so this, this her let me so-called, give, this doesn't smell out. I want well, okay, let me give an example, let me give you an example. John Gilligan was never found guilty of the, the murder or conspiring to murder Veronica Guerin. We all knew he did it. We all knew he was involved in it. Everybody knew that. So the Irish courts really couldn't do an awful lot about it. So what they did was he was found he was found with marijuana and he was given a 20 whatever year sentence for possession of marijuana which was completely unprecedented. Yeah, but that was the law. Yeah, that was well, the law. Absolutely. So what what I'm su- suggesting is, all right, is that we know what she's responsible for. We know what she was supporting. We know what she saw on a daily basis and what she agreed with on a daily basis. No, she might have been supporting that, but we don't know she's responsible for anything. Well, no, I'm saying what she's responsible for joining an organisation or being part of an organisation that is responsible for death, rape, torture, beheadings. We know she was part of that organisation. Would you not agree? Yes. Okay, so on those grounds... She's not somebody that we should be welcoming back to the country with open arms as far as time no, is concerned. Right, so we need to find no, a figure out a way to stop it happening. No, can I give an example? Yeah. Closer to home, okay? There's loads of people back in World War II that joined the Nazi party and they didn't take part in any of the atrocities that was committed by the Nazis. Yet they supported it. A lot of them did face trial for that. That's right. So, there, there, was a, there, was a, there was a carpenter. I remember a story about a carpenter who was involved in Auschwitz. And he wasn't a soldier. He wasn't. A, he was a carpenter. He helped build some of the, you know, the cabins that the people were in. He was brought before the courts and faced trial, dude. Now well, you, you can't say he did anything really wrong. He didn't murder anybody. He was a carpenter. You know, guilt by association. Yes. So the simplest way of actually sorting out all this issue and cutting out the legal jargon is, my view is, just leave it there. Problem sorted. Revoke her citizenship. The minute she went over there, going into an active war zone, with an organ- being married into an organisation and being radicalised, whatever. Look, we can all say they're radicalised. At some point, they've got to take accountability for their own actions. Now, we have no proof that she committed any acts, and I'm not going to accuse the lady of committing any acts. But she did knowingly and voluntarily go there. And as far as I'm concerned, she joined that organisation. Okay, well, stay there for a second, um, and I know Jude has to go, but make your own classic hits. How you doing, Mick? How you doing, Mick? 
How are you doing? Uh, Mick, you're, you're a former member of the, the Defence Forces. Yes, and a former member of the British Army as well. All right, okay. Yeah, first of all, I would say this. Uh, when you take a note of allegiance to the, to, uh, the Defence Forces in this country, you take a note of allegiance to say you will uphold the Constitution and defend the Constitution and so on. At the end of it, part of the, part of the, um, part of the uh, oath also says that if you sympathise, you have not said sympathise or in any way, shape or form with any illegal organisations or subversives in any way whatsoever. So, but she was, as you say, radicalised or whatever you want to call it, but she, as far as I'm concerned, she sympathised with it. She knew damn well, she was in a good state of mind, she knew damn well, so as far as yep. I'm concerned, she should not be allowed in this country. She is a threat to this country. Well, I, well I, ma- I mentioned that to Declan at the start of the show, who was a security analyst, about could, for example, because under the Offences Against the State Act, because it's outside the country, it wouldn't come into it unless we had a ministerial order to change the Offences Against the State Act to include ISIS. Um, but could she be charged with treason? Um, I, I personally think so. I definitely think so. And secondly, she's guilty of association. She knew exactly what she was doing. So, I know, don't let her in as far as I'm concerned. End of story. And I personally think the government, uh, she's a traitor to the country. As okay, well then, well then whose responsibility is she, Mick? Let the people... Uh, let the you people can't, you can't just say we don't care, you know, because well, we, we, have, we have a duty and responsibility to other countries as, as ourselves. Yeah, but I don't think we have a duty to care to her. Well, okay, well, fair enough. But, but, we do but, it to the child. Okay, uh, with duty to the child, maybe, yes. But, but in saying that, whose responsibility is she? Well, not ours. She, she revoked everything. As far as I'm concerned, by doing but what under the UN agreement, we we are obliged. Well, uh, we we have no right to take away her citizenship and leave her stateless. So she can commit uh, she can commit atrocities. I'll be well. She personally didn't make yeah, made out of committing them. We have to be clear. There's no proof. There's there. no proof that no, she no, committed any atrocities. We have Just to be clear on that. But she supported it. Just yeah. let me make a point. But she's guilty by association. Now, what's to say that when she comes, if she came back here, she could do it all over again? What's to say? There so why should we leave ourselves as a sitting duck? No way, I'm sorry. End of story. She's I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that, that our citizenship should be revoked. And this will sort all this problem. I know the PC brigades are going to be munching on the phone. But what you're doing is, if you're letting back a radicalised person, which she is, you're further creating a divide between the, the Irish community and the Islamic community because they're going to be both viewed with suspicion. So you're it actually is. creating you're creating a deeper wedge. Yep. Society as well. But see, you have the gobshite government don't see it that way. No, but do, do you see where I'm coming from? Well, who Think the about the, the bigger picture here. Look, I'm a member. I'm an ex-member of the reserves myself, and I know exactly yeah. what the odds state. That oath is not applicable now because she left the defence forces. She completed her tar- time in. In yeah. the defence forces. Okay, no. well, 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 hang on both of you for a second because I want to bring Sean in before he went for a break as well. Sean, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sean? Hey, how's it going on? Um, Sean, I mean, you've, you've heard, I don't know what you heard at the start of the show. Declan yeah, I was it. listening. Yep, yeah, he, yeah, he was quite logical in the way he spoke about it. He said we have to leave emotion oh, aside. Well. But, yeah. you know, Mick is making, making a very good point. As a member of the Defence Forces, you do sign up, you take an oath, uh, and not to obviously join any subversive organisations or illegal organisations. She did. She may not have joined, but she certainly supported an illegal organisation. Right, but that oath that only applies, uh, that only has legal sanction while she's actually a member of the Defense Forces, I believe, correct? Well, according to Declan, yes, but according to Mick, no. So I, I don't actually know the answer to that question. Hmm. I, I was always led to believe that once you made an oath to the Defense Forces, that stood for the rest of your life. Well, hang on a second. Sorry, Mick. What, what, can, can I so, uh, say something to you? Uh, part of the defense forces are the uh, oath uh, when you join the defense forces is that while you're a member of the of the defense forces, permanent defense forces, you will not subscribe or sympathize with any illegal organizations. And then it goes on to say that while you're a member of the reserve defense forces, you will not subscribe or sympathize in any way. So she was still on reserve, even though she was gone. They can call you back. So therefore, she she was a traitor to to our country. So okay. Okay. Well. Okay. She's done. Well, yeah. Well, she should. Well, if that's the case, then she may be. She may be facing penalty for that. Then, but this court martial. Yeah. But the discussion of revoking her citizenship that doesn't seem to bear any water because I'm looking right at the Department of Justice and Equality website, and it says there's a very clear sentence that says Irish citizenship can only be revoked if you obtained it by naturalization. 
cannot be revoked for people getting it through birth or through parentage or whatever. Uh, naturalization, the only way, if you, now, if she was naturalized. Like yeah, in other words, years, if she happened to be from Afghanistan and just happened to get Irish citizenship for being yeah, here more there, than five there, years, there, yeah. There's a stipulation in the law, it can be revoked. Uh, the second stipulation is if you have failed in your duty of fidelity to the nation and loyalty to the state, which I would argue uh, reasonably, I think a lot of us, I would agree that she seems to have failed that. But, again, not being a naturalized citizen, I, I don't see how there's... She was a, born in this country. Yeah. It's a non-starter as far as revoking your citizenship. Now, discussion of treason... So, in other words, what you're saying, Sean, if it was you, yes, we could probably revoke your citizenship, because I, you have Irish citizenship. Yes, correct. You are technically correct. Yes, because yes. I was... I, I was I have, I have a certificate of naturalization. So, yes, in my case... <laughs> we could yeah. chuck you out. I'm not planning on hopping on a plane <laughs> of Damascus or anything, but technically, yeah, you are correct. I believe. Again, I'm not a lawyer. Okay, but so the point is, when, when I talk to people and listen to Mick and listen to Tom and looking at all the texts coming in, Sean, uh, with the exception of one or two people, like yourself, uh, and I know Malachi's been texting me in there and I spoke to Declan earlier on, who's maybe a little bit more logical and taking emotion out of this, nobody wants her in this country. Again, it's not a question of want. I have to go with I have to go with Declan, and I'm presuming Maliki as a as a solicitor. He's a member of the justice system. Again, I'm I'm looking at the at the Criminal Justice Terrorist Defenses Act of 2005, Section Six, and it's saying a person is guilty of offense if the person engages in terrorist activity or terrorist-linked activity, attempts to engage in a terrorist activity or terrorist-linked activity, or makes a threat to engage in well, terrorist Well, Malachi's, Malachi's point is, and Mick, maybe you could take this mere membership, In other words, mere membership in an organization, even if the organization is, is recognized by the government as a terrorist organization, it would appear, from my admitted layman reading of the law, that just mere membership, kind of like what you were saying about membership in the Nazi Party 70 years ago, mm -hmm. membership is not sufficient to render it a criminal act. Now, if she actually engaged in something, if she planted some IEDs or, you know, you know, held a camera to beheading or something. Okay, but let, let me make a point that Maliki's making here, okay? And, and he, may, he mentioned this to me today, uh, but he's kind of shortened down here. But he says the caller that was just on, Mick, he was a member of the British Defence Forces as well as the Irish Defence Forces, right? So I don't know if he was on any tours of duty in Afghanistan or where he happened to be. Um, he would have been responsible if he was. He would have been part of a unit who may have been responsible for killing people, shooting people dead, um, and part of war in general. Should we turn around then to members of the British Defence Forces who were responsible for death, torture, uh, as Americans who have been responsible for shoot for friendly fire and also for you know shooting out of the rules of engagement? Should we turn around and say you're not welcome back in Ireland? You can't choose that night because she she technically classed as a non-combatant. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.